Hey, greetings, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Stare Down. It's our sports talk and real estate show with four friends from around the country talking sports and a little bit of business. I'm Sean Carpenter in Columbus, Ohio, joined by the regular foursome, Bill Risser in St. Petersburg, Florida, Todd Meininger up in Cumming, Georgia, and out west, we got Shea Brewer in Portland, Oregon. Let's go around the horn, see what everybody's doing tonight on a Monday. Bill, what's going on, man? Not much. Just got back from a dinner with uh, Dan Stewart, a happy grasshopper. He'll be my guest next week on the podcast. And Anthony Malafronte, uh, a good dear friend of ours. And um, that's it. It's been a, you know, kind of, it was a kind of a quiet weekend. Just played some golf, saw a couple movies. I highly recommend um, Ford versus Ferrari for anybody who's interested in that kind of a, a really true accounting of what happened because I've seen a couple documentaries. And we saw a movie called Parasite which is a Korean movie with subtitles that if you like kind of good uh, drama, it's a great movie. And I'm, I'm not usually a drama guy, but just put it, a, put it aside somewhere. Well, Shay, put it aside somewhere because the other two guys don't go to movies. But I'm going to guess Shay and his girlfriend go to movies, right, Shay? No. <laughs> <laughs> Who has time for movies? I got to watch sports all day. Oh, my God. <laughs> you, you lost Shay when you said subtitles and drama. <laughs> all right. Never mind. Um, All right. And Bill, you guys had a cold, cold start to your tea time yesterday, right? Yeah, it's 51 degrees. 51 when we teed off. That was awesome. So a lot of guys bitching. I'm in shorts. Come on. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Top D, what's going on in in the ATL? Oh, man. Um, Shoot. Well, in the the SOFO, South Forsyth. Well, that's two different questions. Um, (laughs) In the ATL, the Falcons are, are what's up, right? Break them uh, up. We'll, Break them up. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about later. And, uh, the three and seven Falcons are back. <laughs> they, they, I, I'm seeing nine and seven. Hey, the best division. part about going three and seven, Bill? What's going, that? The chance to go four and seven. <laughs> <laughs> Hope springs eternal here in Atlanta. And, and we'll talk more about it. But the, the, the last two games, this Falcons team is much different than the, the first eight. But right. uh, that's what's going on in the ATL. What's going on in SoFo? Um, we had uh, my son's high school team had a tournament this weekend, South Forsyth, um, down in Peachtree City, Georgia. And uh, Sean, you you ran into one of our old school uh, schoolmates, uh, Linda Shipchenko, mm-hmm. and you didn't Linda know Kimmel. this, but but Linda now I'm sorry, Linda Kimmel now, her son Watson was a senior last year, um, and uh, he played on the same cross team as my son. I didn't know about it until Saturday, and then I heard yeah, all about yeah, that's it. wild, isn't it? So, um, just a real good kid who uh, now he's at Alabama. So, um, I guess stars aligned, um, degrees of separation. You ran into them, so uh, so good weekend of watching um, high school across and uh, catching sports as much as I could uh, in the in between those games. Awesome. Let's go out hey west. Todd, where where'd you guys play in Peachtree City? Uh, so it was the, the park's name was, is it Moab? M-O-A-B? Um, yeah. Yeah. You, are you familiar with that? I went to high school out in Peachtree City, actually. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. I went to Stars Mill High School out in Peachtree City. Oh, Stars Mill. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's crazy. But yeah, so it was at Moab Park. Um, <laughs> so Scott went in an hour early. Uh, we were leaving eight o'clock, seven o'clock. I was with my daughter, so Saturday we we pull into Chick Fil A right right by the the park and get a little breakfast. And so I'm a creature of habit. And on Sunday I pull in, I'm like, yes, the drive-through's empty. This is gonna be awesome. 
and reality <laughs> slapped me in the face as <laughs> they're not open on Sunday. So thankfully, um, they, they've got to have a, a security camera to see how many people pull never, in on a Sunday. Yeah. Uh, dude, never on Sunday. I, I was I was the fish, and I just took the hook. Right, I was like, wow, this is awesome. So luckily, there's a Panera pretty close by. Uh, anyway, great. Uh, it was just a beautiful weekend weather-wise, and it's always fun to watch um, watch the the guys play lacrosse. So good weekend good. for me. And Todd, what are you uh, are you racking some poker chips over in the side there? What are you what are you filling with this week? <laughs> it's a it's a pad. I'm doing this. <laughs> it, it, it's miserable. It's miserable being me, gentlemen. Before, before, before you get to before you get to Shay, Sean, is that a toque you're wearing? What the hell's it on is. your head, man? Yeah, it's, it's a beanie. It's a cold beanie. here, man. I was freezing when I when I walked from the from the uh, car to the house tonight. Uh, just got a chill, and I haven't been able to shake it. I've had a cup of coffee. I'm uh, just cold. Does Rhonda not put the heat on in the basement? No, I mean it's the heat's on. It just I don't know. It just and I, once Sean I started wearing the couch it, just, is warm. The couch is warm, right, Sean? You bet. Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> Forty four. Forty four going down to thirty five tonight. But yikes! All good. Jay, what's going on, man? Good to see you. Two two weeks in a row, man. This is this is a streak. This is a <laughs> it's almost a trend, right? Yeah. Be, be careful what you say, Sean. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Who knows what next week holds? <laughs> um, good week here, man. Uh, last time I talked to you guys, I was in New Orleans. Got back and was able to watch a great college basketball game in the uh, the PK eighty tournament where Oregon defeated Memphis and. Um, and just been watching basketball. I mean, we've got NBA basketball, college basketball, college football, NFL. Like, I'm a sports fanatic, man. I love this. I love this. Movie schmovies, right, Shane? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe well, if it was a movie about sports. Maybe. <laughs> Ford versus Ferrari? Come on, that's motorsports. What's pushing, that about? They, they got some big name, big name <laughs> actors on that one, right? You're from yeah, NASCAR. You're Chris, from NASCAR land. Christian Bale and uh, Matt Damon. Matt Damon, right? Yeah. In yeah. fact, since you're not going to see the movie, I got to tell you this: my my best line of the night during the movie. There's a scene where Matt Damon fights Christian Bale. It, they're buddies, but they get in a fight. You know, like and punch each other and roll around on the grass. It's a silly fight. And I lean over to Cindy and I go, "That's Batman and Jason Bourne." <laughs> but it really is <laughs> they play quite different characters because they That's weren't awesome. fighting like Batman or Jason Bourne. They were fighting like two drunk guys, you know. But uh, it was it's it's a really good movie. You should see it. Shit. Good movie. You're from the South. You're from the South. There's lots of motorsports in the South. So Okay. We'll consider it. All right. Guys, for me, I was uh, down in SEC country uh, this weekend. I was down in Starkville, Mississippi, uh, with Ryan. He had a, a little you know, he's, he's not a D1 athlete or a prospective athlete, but we had a kind of an official visit. Last time we were in Starkville was July 1st, so it was not only summer break, it was 4th of July break. So the town was empty, the campus was empty, and so he really wanted to see it, you know, in its full glory. So we figured what better time to go than the Alabama week. Um, had a great time. He got down there on Thursday. We He played golf with some of the guys from the PGM program, and then – one of the kids drove him from the golf course to the event where I was just finished speaking. And, uh, and then the kid that drove him was a, an older senior. Um, so he stuck around and I bought him a beer, you know, for, for driving him over. But then uh, he invited Ryan to go to the Mississippi state basketball game instead of hanging out with the old people for dinner. So Ryan gladly took him up on that, got a chance to go see the hump. And, um, and then we got a chance to tailgate at the junction and watch the Alabama game. And really it was just a, uh, it was over by halftime 
so that's when we decided to start heading back to Nashville. But uh, we'll start in college football. But Todd, I see you got your hand up on the question. Yeah. Point of clarification: PGM would be Professional Golf Management. Am I correct on that? Okay, correct. that's yes. a program he's interested in. It possibly. is a program and a, a degree he's interested in. It is basically a uh, one of eighteen programs around the country that offer um, this program in conjunction with the PGA of America. Uh, it is a four and a half year program uh, with a curriculum co-designed by the PGA of America. And so when he would graduate, Todd, it's got a hundred percent placement. Um, he'll, be an, he'll be an assistant pro somewhere in the country. He will be a that. member of the PGA right. in, in some capacity. He could be an assistant pro. He could be uh, in a uh, office position, corporate or, office position yeah, like PGA yeah. of America or the, or the, you know, the Southern Florida PGA. He could work right. for Titleist. He could work for FootJoy. He could, you know, a lot of different things he could do. Hey, Sean, our, um, our old, Buddy Matt Corey is working for he's, the he's PGA. Now the marketing, yeah, he's now the chief marketing officer for the PGA Tour. Pretty good contact. Maybe in maybe in four years you'll have to look <laughs> yeah, him up. Yeah, my, right? my brother, <laughs> my brother Jot uh, has one of his close fraternity brothers, very similar to me and you, Todd. Uh, he is the um, commissioner of the LPGA Tour. Oh, nice! Wow! So wow! Hey, and uh, Sean, along those lines, um, ABAC Abraham Baldwin Agricultural College in Tifton, Georgia. Um, Shay, you, you may have heard of it. They have a, um, is it turf a superintendent's or a turf, turf grass? Yeah. yeah. Turf management school. So a lot of superintendents come there and uh, we may have talked about this before. They actually developed their own grass. So if you're ever trying to put in grass, ask for uh, Tifton, um, Tifton, Tifton grass. So anyway, okay. apparently it does very well in the shade. Um, a lot of grasses here in Georgia, Shay knows this, they, they go dormant in the winter. Um, you know, because the lack of warmth and, and all that. So anyway, I don't know how we went down that rabbit hole. That's, I hear that. Back, I hear to, that. back to you, Sean. I hear that turf grass <laughs> management program is rough. I bet, right? Uh, <laughs> Shay got it. Ah, I got you. <laughs> there he all is. Right, Todd. Todd needs there to set is. aside the pad. Put the pad on the counter. Okay. <laughs> just a all glimpse. Right. Just a glimpse. Let's let's start with college football, guys. I, I got a chance to see Alabama. Uh, let's start with maybe the injury that happened uh, Tua goes down. He has successful hip surgery today. Happened right in front of us. Uh, you know, we, we kept questioning why he was still in the game. Uh, you know, we were kind of excited to see him start, actually. You know, going into the game, not a single person in Starkville, not a single person thought there was going to be any chance of Mississippi State winning. Uh, that was taken out of contention after the first drive, and then they picked off the very first play of Mississippi State, went up quick 14 nothing. Najee Harris looked great. Tua threw the ball wherever he wanted to, and just unfortunately on that, Two minutes to go, as Saban said. Saban said he wanted to see him run the two-minute drill, and he was going to pull him out. And uh, just one of those weird injuries. I I I was being texted. Uh, my wife was texting me with an update because we I, you you couldn't really tell what happened. You know, of course, of course, we kind of all thought it was his ankle, and then he was covering his face with a towel, and I thought he was like screaming into the towel or crying into the towel. Um, and then they quickly told us it was a hip. So, did any you three see it happen? And what was the, what was your thoughts? Like I mean, I, I saw the play, and it just looked like he got tackled funny. It's it's the same thing when Bo Jackson kind of jacked up his hip. It didn't look anything. There was nothing unusual about the tackle. It's just yeah. the way he went to the ground. Just the way he the, fell. Yeah. The way he fell, it uh, dislocated, and he actually broke something as well. And you know, uh, and they think it's. I mean, uh, you know, I was listening to a couple of uh, analysts, or like Stefania Bell is pretty good on ESPN for that mm -hmm. stuff. 
And she, she has a, she, she said there's a very good chance he comes back to it. No problem. Like uh, CJ Mosley did. Right. So. Yeah. They said the big difference, Bill, I heard on the radio today, he said the big difference between this injury and Bo Jackson's injuries. Bo Jackson didn't know he had the injury and he played on it for like four weeks. Yeah. Mm. You know, whereas those, those little arteries get damaged or something and they can't get the blood flow to the bone. That's what they're always worried about. I guess every time a hip dislocates, they're worried about that. So. Right. Shay, so, you were going to say something at the beginning. Oh no, no. I just, I, it, it looked very normal. It looked yeah. very normal. And even when he was on the ground, it didn't look like he was – I mean, he wasn't moving his leg, but it, all the attention was on his face. And I was thinking, well, maybe it's a broken nose or something. The helmet kind of bounced off the ground. And he did have some blood coming from his face, and I thought it was his nose. Mm -hmm. And then when they called the card out, it was like, wait a minute, this is something bigger. Yeah. He, I think he did break his nose, right? That's why he was holding his, holding his face. Wow. So, Sean, Sean, I did not see it. I was um, – watching lacrosse um but uh so what i kind of read and heard was why was Tua in there um so to me and you guys agree or disagree either the school thought was we're holding him off to auburn or they decided to play him and i think it's pretty common you give him the first half and then you turn it over if you build a comfortable lead sure. so the, everyone not everyone i heard a couple of people why is he in there two minutes left you're up I had no, I had no problem with him being in there. I mean, you you play him for oh, the yeah. first thirty I mean, minutes, right? No, and no, then yeah. it's just bad luck, bad timing, unfortunate. Um, and then I saw a video today, and I hope he wasn't just playing up for the camera. Uh, I'm going to believe, but <laughs> he had a pretty good attitude going into surgery, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that was uh, you know you have Nick Saban, like you know, almost in, as emotional as he gets, uh, kind of almost teary eyed. Uh, and uh, for him to have that attitude, that's, you know, half the battle. And that'll help in his recovery, I would think. So sure. good, good sure. to see that. And I'm not cynical enough to think that that was all a put on. I think he's that kind of guy. So wishing the best for him in recovery, for sure. Well, let's quickly jump through some of the games. Uh, LSU plays at Ole Miss, scores a lot of points, but gives up a lot of points. And you guys worried, you know, when they play a team that, that can match – Match them. I mean, we saw Alabama drop 41 on them. We saw Mississippi score, what, 39 on them. Um, that dual-threat running quarterback ran for, I think, 225 yards. I think this yeah. SEC championship game is going to be a lot closer than people think. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Georgia plays low-scoring games, right? Um, they don't score a lot. They don't give a lot of points. So, something's got to give. Um, Shay, what was – what was the uh, what was the spread on that game? Would you guess? And let me ask you, but first, LSU won by twenty one points. So guess what the spread on that game was? <laughs> I'm going to go twenty one. Yeah, the, the hook. Remember uh, Blues Travelers? The hook. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing how close they can get it sometimes. Right. Um, let's jump to the, that number four team, Shay. You, you mentioned the Bulldogs. They got a tough one. You know, they got a tough one. They have a they have an opponent that will at least command the respect in Texas A&M coming in, but they'll be um, obviously favored. They're, they've already clinched the, the SEC East by way of their win at Auburn. Uh, they win 21 to 14. They jumped out to a 21 nothing lead uh, against Auburn. Auburn, you know, kind of a, um, you know, a misfired on a bunch of cylinders. They, you know, were kind of moved the ball between the twenties, but then couldn't, couldn't do anything inside there. Just your thoughts on that game, Shay, and with Georgia going into Jordan Hare, Pretty hostile Jordan Hare Stadium at the beginning, but as Bill, you know as Bill talked about, it's easy to take a take a crowd out of it when you score fourteen nothing. 
And, and, you, and you know, it was a really good thing, man, down in the Plains. The crowd got back into it in the fourth mm-hmm. quarter, too, which in uh, a lot of local radio down in Auburn has been really critical on the fans uh, throughout the season and leaving early from games and things of that nature. But the fourth quarter, the crowd got back into the game, and Auburn had a chance. Auburn's had a chance in each of their three losses. They've had a chance to win. Um, but I think more so than anything else, now the interesting thing is to see, you know, how, does Auburn show up for Alabama and what happens with Gus Malzahn? Because you mm-hmm. had kind of had that feeling halfway through that game that Gus Malzahn was kind of coaching for his, his Auburn coaching career. Now, don't get me wrong. The buyout's going to be really nice if he does leave. <laughs> but, but he was coaching for something. And then on the flip side of it with Georgia, we talked about it before, LSU struggles stopping the run. And even with Ole Miss, you know, they gained most of their – I mean, it was a running quarterback, but they gained most of their yards on the ground. Yep. And, you know, Georgia throws DeAndre Swift at you. And, you know, and those big, experienced offensive linemen, I think Georgia can – and Georgia has a, a very, very good defense. And I think they can keep that game a lot closer than people think. Yeah, and that's an important game for them to keep close because, once again, uh, you know, depending on what happens out west and depending on what happens with Oklahoma um, – you know, there's Georgia's – remember, Georgia's been in the top four all season until they lost to, to South Carolina, then they dropped, and they've kind of worked their way back up. Um, number two and number three handled their business. Ohio State did not cover their 50-and-a-half points, uh, but they win easily over, over uh, Rutgers. Clemson hitting on all cylinders. Once again, not playing great teams, but doing what they need to do, executing at, you know, the highest levels. And then how about the Oklahoma uh, – Oklahoma game down 25 points to uh, what looked like a, I mean, Baylor, Baylor just looked good. Hey, Sean, Sean, this is the only time you could actually say the score, say the score. It wasn't just 25 points. They were down 28 to three. (laughs) Does that number sound familiar? Uh, I don't like that number. (laughs) Oh my God. That's awesome. I didn't didn't realize that. Yeah. (laughs) In fact, it was 28 to three, like every other, person in the country i went to bed it was late and then, and then read them, them fight words right there yeah bill bill that was the beauty of being in central time zone after a long day of travel after getting up early for a 11 a.m kick in starkville and ryan and i in the hotel room and that game you know luckily you know it was a, it was a you, seven you o'clock watched, you watched the comeback six o'clock yeah so i got to watch wow. the comeback wow. um it, it was you know it was just a i think i think baylor ran 11 plays in the second half bill that's it wow I mean, that's Jay Oklahoma. Yeah. Would, and remember, they didn't have CeeDee Lamb. Uh, that was a Jalen Hurts game right there. I mean, he threw the ball, I think, I'm going to guess, nine different receivers, 10, 10 maybe, caught passes. Um, he, he just, you know, every third down and two, every third down and three, uh, their RPO was, was well executed. Uh, and then the, the Oklahoma defense did what they needed to do, right? Yeah, they shut out Baylor in the second half. Yeah. <laughs> shut him out. Yeah. Right. I mean, well, you only run 11 plays. That's, that's tough. Yeah. Right. Oof. I mean, and that's not 11 cause you're scoring quickly. <laughs> you know, you're, you're three and out three and out and you know, you're not touching the ball for, you know, in real time, 20 to 28 minutes at a time um, with timeouts and things like that. Uh, Minnesota goes down. Uh, Minnesota kind of their season's not over. They still control their own destiny in the West. They, they play out Northwestern this week. Then they, finish the season against Wisconsin. I mean, they can win the big 10, but that's it. Right. Yeah. I mean, they, yeah. They're, they're, that's they're playing for to try. That's it. They're not going to make the playoffs. Yeah. No, but you know, they, they, they look as a program bill, they still have a lot to play for. They, amazing, you know, amazing. They, you know, if they beat Wisconsin and win the West, 
they're going to play Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship. Yeah. Um, and then depending on, you know, I guess, you know, technically Michigan and Penn State still also could play in the championship game. But, you know, Minnesota, um, they went out or, and lose story. Ohio State. They could go to the Rose Bowl. First time since like 1909 or something like That's that. That's amazing. I hope that happens. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Utah and Oregon both hold serve out West. You know, they uh, both, both look good doing it. Um, anything else jump out to you guys on the college slate? Um, Todd, the Gators did what they had to do in the early, yeah, early I, start. I, I missed, I missed the game, but uh, from what I understand, an incredibly boring first half and then, and then things, uh, Things took care of themselves. A hey, Michigan quietly having a respectable season, right? Um, yep. yep. Michigan State is, is not a great team by any means, but um, you're looking at a, what, 8-2 and two team going into – is it in Columbus or in Ann Arbor this it's year? In, in Ann Arbor. Yeah, I mean, so – They play this week against Indiana, who gave Penn State quite a game. So that's a question of does Indiana – you know, does Michigan go in there and take care of business in Bloomington, uh, a place where they normally win, but – but not by a lot. They'd say yeah. struggle. Are they looking ahead to, to uh, Ohio State? Who knows? But, you know, this is, this is Harbaugh's chance. They took care of Michigan. They, you know, took yeah, care they, of Penn they, State. They, they kind of stand State. out. Yeah. Again, they, they're not where they want to be. I mean, they want to be in the college football playoff conversation. But, again, um, <laughs> quietly getting back to, to maybe a mid-tier program and again it's not where they want to be but a team that's just having uh i think a hugely disappointing season is the number 19 ranked texas longhorns yeah. suffered their fourth loss to iowa state i mean wow what a kind of a disaster year this is their comeback year right they were yeah they were talking about being in the conversation and they were talking about being back according to yeah. Ellinger, right wow so um yeah. and they play baylor this week so does baylor get back and, you know, hold serve because Baylor, Baylor wins the next two. They're back versus Oklahoma in the Big 12 championship game. Probably the worst thing that happened in Texas was Baylor losing the way they lost, I'm sure. Is it Matt Rule? Matt Rule? What's um, the coach's Matt name? Rule. Yeah, Matt Rule. Yeah, he'll, he'll get them. I'll have their attention. Laser, laser focused, right? Yeah. For sure. So, For sure. Yeah, those um, games are the ones that stand out to me. Jay, Bill, any other college games you want to chat about? You got the two West Coast teams setting up for a Pac-12 championship. Oregon's yep. rolling. They beat Arizona 34-6, and you got uh, yeah, Utah yeah. beat UCLA 49-3. So they're yeah, rolling. Utah, I think Utah's, Utah's hitting on all cylinders, too. And that, um, they do not play each other until that game in the Santa Clara, right? Santa Clara. Yeah. Yep. So, so, so Oregon, yeah. game one, lost to a pretty darn good Auburn team. And I guess they're six, and they're in position. I guess if they win out, they'll be in the conversation. But – so what, God, so what quietly if, quietly yeah. putting up a pretty good season right yeah that we, we can keep playing the what if game so if, if let's say lsu can beat georgia in the sec championship game mm -hmm. and a one a one loss team from the pac-12 then makes the uh final four possibly mm -hmm. i think it would come down to a, a one loss pac-12 champion and a and a one loss big 12 champion who are you going to take right yeah. yeah oklahoma or oregon or uh or Utah, it'll be interesting. You know, and, and obviously what Oregon and um, Utah are not rooting for 
is Georgia to upset LSU. Oh my gosh, that ends everything. Georgia upsets LSU, then two SEC teams go. Georgia and LSU Absolutely. drops to number four. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That'd be I mean, dirty. Well, that'll that, muddy the waters right there, huh? Yeah, that'll muddy the waters. Maybe a little intentional uh, backroom kind of office jiving around or something. That's <laughs> from the collusion is a felony, Bill. Collusion is a felony. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, this week, guys, not a whole lot of big games. One of them happens uh, about six miles as I sit uh, to my southeast, the, and that's in Columbus. As the crow flies? Yes. Um, Fox, the Fox Big Show, game day is going to be here. Mm. Um, pretty big game, noon kickoff, Penn State versus Ohio State. Chase Young back in action oh, wow, after his yeah. two-game suspension. Uh, after really, he's been off for a month. Um, should be well-rested. Uh, you know, he had, they, he had his last game, then they had to buy, then he had the, the two game suspension. In, um, in that so Ohio State, um, not, not to hate too much, but they discover and suspend him for the Maryland and Rutgers game. I mean, it's so, <laughs> couldn't have worked out better, could it? Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they go into a tough stretch and, and we'll see if, you know, last home game of the, of the campaign and then they go up to Ann Arbor and then, and then ideally Buckeye fans are hoping they go over. And then really that after that, there's a, uh, the Texas Baylor game. And then there's just a bunch of just non, not exciting games. Uh, um, I beg to differ Two two that stand out to me is Texas A&M, Georgia. So Texas A&M is more than capable of beating Georgia and pretty much knocking them out of the playoff contention, no matter what they do against mm-hmm. LSU in the SC championship game. So watch out for that one. And then one of my favorite games every year, um, I call it Sweater Fest. It's uh, USC UCLA, <laughs> just the greatest, <laughs> the greatest game. Yes. Don't e- don't even have to watch football that game. Yeah. Just greatest just... game for a 16 year old Todd Meininger, not for a 49 year old Todd Meininger. Arrested development, sir. That's all I'm gonna say. No, it's, that's, it's that's one of my call. favorites. And that so, is the last. Uh, that's UCLA's last game of, or USC's last game of the year, isn't it? Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I think USC's season's yeah. over. Wow. Yeah. Uh, kind of a weird uh, scheduling uh, quirk that they. You know, they don't end with uh, Notre Dame this year. They play the end on a bye the last weeks ago. Last week, yeah. Yeah, so um, could be interesting to see what happens with the coaching. Does Clay Helton stay? Does Clay Helton go? Does Urban Meyer get a look? You know, apparently I I heard from my buddy, Scott Euler, Bill, um, the AD from from Cincinnati had agreed to be the AD at USC, and then the president said – Oh, and by the way, one of the terms of your coming here is you cannot hire Urban Meyer. Hmm. So the AD said, well, I'm not coming then. Like that's, you can't dictate to me who I can hire or not if I'm the – Right. And apparently the president of the school has made it very clear that whoever the next coach is will not hire Urban Meyer. Wow. I wonder why. Wow. Yeah, well, you know, just because he's tired of what happened at the other two schools? I don't know. Wow. I don't, yeah, have you heard well. anything in that regard? Well, I'll be interested to see if that gets out more or obviously, you know, the, the talks, another coaching chat, you mentioned Gus Malzahn. Um, does he slide across the street to, to Arkansas? A lot of talk, right? He's from there, right? He's, yeah. yeah. That's, where, that's where he made his name as a high school coach. Yeah. Wow. Um, and I think Arkansas would welcome him with open arms. Yeah. But then you, you have to open up the coaching search back at Auburn. Like <clears throat> who would want to go to Auburn right now? Right. 
and, and, I'm right? just, and there's yeah. nothing wrong. Like I, you know, I, I love Armin War Eagle all day, but at the same time, you're Alabama's little brother is, is the way the job is viewed. It's an SEC job. It's a great job, but they're um, right now at Auburn, what they're doing, they're in a true battle to, uh, to raise funding to, um, to upgrade the facilities there. The weight right. room, the indoor practice facility, that's really lacking according to SEC standards. And that means a lot when it comes to recruiting 17, sure. 18 year olds. Well, look, look at what AM's doing. LSU now on the rise. Uh, you know. Well, and also, I mean, Gus has been pretty successful and they're trying to run him out, right? So, mm-hmm. you don't think so? <laughs> what do you consider successful? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Cam Newton. <laughs> played, played for national championships. Yeah. Right. That, I mean, that was Chiswick. <laughs> was it? Yeah. Gus played. Wow. Gus. Uh, Gus got us the one. Gus got us. Yeah, the one. he got Florida State when you all lost to Florida State. Should have won that game, right? We didn't win it, but he got us the one. Should have won that game. You're a big at halftime. Right. right. <laughs> I lost. Uh, never mind. Never um, mind. <laughs> you gotta hedge those bets. Hedge those bets. <laughs> it's, it's amazing what you remember, right? Hey, Sean. Before you move on to college football, uh, I read an interesting, interesting stat. Um, so 16 years ago, a uh, 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 university that is our rival, Sean, at the University of Miami, joined the ACC, right? Mm-hmm. And there was huge fanfare when they joined. Uh, how many ACC titles have they won is question one. And how many ACC titles have they played for is question two. I believe zero and one, right? Yeah, they won zero ACC titles and they played in one championship game. And th- just – Again, I guess the point of that statement is, gosh, Miami's was dominant for so long in the 80s and, and the 90s. And didn't they play Ohio State in 2000 for the national championship? Uh, 2002. Uh, yeah. 2002. Okay. That yeah. Was so. Ken Dorsey. That was when they were they won. They were undefeated the year before, and they were undefeated up to that game. That was uh, Greg Krenzel. That was uh, Mark Maurice Claret. Yeah, yeah. So I remember when they joined the ACC, that the talk was, oh, it stinks that they're in the same uh, conference or division as FSU. Those guys are going to knock each other out, and here we are 16 years later. And yeah, just, it's crazy. So it, it's just weird to read that, you know. Um, so, anyway. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's talk the big boys, Sunday games. Let's actually start with Thursday's game. Uh, let's start with eight seconds to go in Thursday's game. Uh, <laughs> Cleveland, Pittsburgh. Wow, right? Obviously, uh, a game that was emotional. Emotional because of a lot of things. There were some big hits in the game. Uh, Miles Garrett has been talked about. Anyone who's listening to this has, has seen the clips. Eight seconds to go in the game. For some reason, Pittsburgh drops back to pass. Miles Garrett comes in on a <laughs> kind of a delayed pass rush, gets to Mason Rudolph and tackles him. A whole lot goes down on the field um, while they're laying on top of each other. Uh, Mason Rudolph appears to – there was obviously word said Mason Rudolph tries to rip off Miles Garrett's helmet. <laughs> Bad, bad move. They come off the – they come – you know, they, they reverse positions and Garrett just goes to town and gets the helmet off and then is held back by Pouncey and one other offensive lineman and swings the helmet into Mason Rudolph's head. Um, you know, once again, you look at it in slow motion, not, not justifying anything, but it hit him with kind of the padding of the helmet, didn't hit him with the crown of the helmet on the top of the head, you know. But just your thoughts, guys, on what you saw. I did not see it. We were traveling. Um, and the, the host I was staying with was watching the uh, Carolina pit finish. So I did not <laughs> see it till the next morning. Um, just anyone jump in. Thoughts on just the overall uh, melee, the ensuing infinite, indefinite suspension. 
and the fact of Mason Rudolph getting no, no, uh, no suspensions. So you want to hear something? Um, <laughs> I think it's pretty funny. So I was playing. I was playing in a um, a free. I, sw- I swear, I'm not joking. <laughs> I was playing. I was playing in a free on- online poker tournament. Right, <laughs> literally, I was playing. <laughs> I was playing in a poker tournament, and I believe me, please, I don't lie. Um, so I'm playing, and I'm in a big hand, and I look up, and I see Marcus Pouncey kicking um, Miles Garrett. Garrett. So I text my brother-in-law, you know, uh, Sean Greg, uh, Greg Drawlinger. And I go, man, Pouncey's a thug. So I immediately get a phone call. What are you talking about? <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I saw the tail end. So I thank goodness for DVR rewound. I'm like, okay, I totally retract my statement. Yeah. Pouncey was sticking up for his, for his guys. So I think Pouncey's three-game suspension was too much. I really do, even though he probably went a little overboard in his retaliation. Um, I think uh, uh, Garrett will be suspended for the rest of the year. I fully expect him to be playing um, week one next year. I don't think it's going to carry over. Mm-hmm. Um, but I saw I saw a great uh, tweet, Sean, from Amon Black, who's uh, a former Gator. Sure. And he showed just a typical hockey scene, this brawl. <laughs> and these guys are throwing gloves off, beating the crap out of each other, sticks, hitting each other, helmets. And he goes, why don't we call these guys thugs? And, and I guess his point was football – it's not excusable what Miles Garrett did, right? But football is a very high intense, violent sport. Um, do I condone what he did? No, but tempers flare. He went way overboard. But I think uh, I think he'll be suspended for the rest of the season, which is another couple weeks. And yeah, I think that's probably where it needs to be. Um, but anyway, those are my quick thoughts. What, what about you, Bill? Well, you know, I'm trying to. Vontez got 12 games for. Everything that was repeated behavior, right? Re- that yeah, was and Miles Garrett's, Miles, Miles Garrett's no choir boy either. He's got okay. four, yeah. four uh, uh, unnecessary roughness penalties. He's been fined multiple times. He's no Vontez Perfect though. That's only ASU breeds that kind of player <laughs> <laughs> from the mean streets of Tempe, Arizona, <laughs> and the seventy thousand hot coeds. So it's how how could Vontez be so upset? Um, but. But I, you know, it, it, that, that, that was such a violent move. I, I know you lose your head, whatever you want to call it, but he's just fortunate the helmet was being held that right. way. Because I think yeah. he's going to swing the helmet. If you, even if he had, it was flipped the other way, he was going to swing it like that uh, and try and hit Mason with it. And so um, I, I would be up for him having to miss a few games to start next year, have the NFL really send a message. It doesn't have to be 12, but he misses the first two games. I want to go to Shane and I want to – yeah. I want to drop something in there. Yeah. Okay. I want to challenge all of you guys to go back and look at the entire video mm-hmm. several times. The kick to the um, nuts is nothing. Don't worry about it. Is that what you're talking about? And, and Well, it's, it's a couple things there. So you talk about the initial hit that, uh, that, that Miles Garrett has on Mason Rudolph. And as they're going to the ground, you see Mason Rudolph clearly with his – as he's on the ground, he's on his back. He's kicking with a cleat. Mm-hmm. To Miles Garrett's crotch, yeah, and pulling his helmet at the same time. Right now, I saw the helmet. helmet. I didn't see the. Yeah, I didn't see the yeah. so these are both there. going. So imagine a pull and a push at the same time. They're fighting against these opposite directions against Miles Garrett. Okay, so I'm not defending Miles Garrett at all when I go into this, but at the same time, as a trained athlete, and it's, these guys are trained to essentially try to kill each other. 
This right. is the, they're trained like gladiators, essentially. Is the way they're trained. So I, Miles Garrett appears to just black out. It's the same thing when mm. when they talk to Marcus Pouncey. Pouncey says that he just blacked out. He saw someone mm. hitting his quarterback and he blacked out. So what if Miles Garrett just blacks out and sees someone pulling at his head, pulling his helmet off and kicking him in the in the crotch at the same time? Miles Garrett pulls the helmet off of grabs uh grabs Mason Rudolph by the face mask, pulls his helmet off. It's over. An offensive lineman comes over, separates him, it's over. Yeah. Miles Rudolph comes running along the side to antagonize the situation and continue the situation. And Mason and then Miles Garrett swings the helmet, hits him with the helmet. Now, I will say that Miles Garrett is lucky that he hit him with kind of the padding in the underneath part of the helmet as opposed yeah. to the crown. But when he makes contact with Mason Rudolph, it's not like Mason Rudolph felt that. Mason Rudolph is, is running around like he's Manu Ginobili asking for a foul <laughs> with his hands in the air. He did say that. He's like, what? <laughs> so, right? Love, so let me, Shay, let me understand. I'm hearing you. You're, you're channeling the Dan Levitard show because by the time they came on the air the day after, they're like, hey, enough outrage. They'd started laughing and they were cracking jokes like you just said. Mason Rudolph was looking for an attorney. <laughs> You know, <laughs> in the stands. So Shay, am, am I hearing you? You're, you're basically saying it takes two to tango, right? Um, he I, is. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think the situation is seriously over once Miles Garrett pulls the helmet off. The mm -hmm. lineman comes over, separates the two. It's over. Mason Rudolph comes back looking for more. And I don't know if you guys have ever been in a fight, but if a fight's over, fight's over. And if you come back looking for more, I'm gonna give you more. Well, he, he came back looking for more standing behind a big, giant offensive lineman. He wasn't really he, – he could have took a different route and really gone after Miles. He just wanted to come and say something. It doesn't yeah. warrant a swing of a helmet. I mean, that's, and I, that's a weapon. But, but I think with that, I think Mason Rudolph should be suspended as well. I, I would have handled that for I, a game. I agree with that. A game maybe At least a two. game, right? I, yeah, yeah, just a game. Just a that's game. Fine. Just give him a game. Yeah. And again, I thought Pouncey's uh, three games was excessive. I was well, like, first of all, yeah, yeah I think Pounce, for his Pouncey, right? Pouncey threw three punches into a face mask, which did nothing. <laughs> and then he, he kicked him with his toe into his helmet, which did nothing. Because those guys slam each, each other running full right. speed. So what Pouncey did looked bad, did zero damage to Miles Garrett. Nothing. Yeah, and the guy that was laying on top of uh, Garrett uh, was also getting some punches in. He didn't get any yeah. um, penalty uh i just you know once again it's easy to go back and look at at you know the overreaction of people on twitter and things like that saying like he could have killed him and blah 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 and there's as many hits in a in a live head to you know helmet to helmet the, the, the hit earlier in the game they take was almost lives. as egregious yeah they take their lives into their own hand on every play almost right. as a, right shay that the, the, the helmet to helmet hit on that um pass play was almost as egregious the receiver had blood coming from his ears. <laughs> yeah. And he's wearing a helmet, so imagine that. Yeah. Let me, let me, what I do want to say, we went around the horn, I just want to – look, as opposed to other situations where an event like this has happened, even to uh, you know, other big-name spotlight events, the Ray Rice and things like that, um, Miles Garrett was immediately um, apologetic. He mm -hmm. immediately Contr was very uh, accountable for his actions. He didn't try and blame anybody. He, he's been very contrite. Uh, yep. he's, he came out to the media that night, um, and, and it was his words. It wasn't a statement from the Browns. So, you know, you got to respect that. I think a lot of times when you see it the other direction, people are like, if you just own up to it, if you just own up to it, you'd be okay. And now he owns up to it. People are like, yeah, you're, you're you, know, you know. That's why I don't think this bleeds over to next season. I really don't. Yeah. I think it's uh, – and let me ask this, and, and uh, maybe I misread it or 
I didn't, did everyone see Jamil Hills? Am I pronouncing her name correctly? I didn't say it. Jamel. Jamel. She basically insinuated that um, Randolph uh, used a slur to Miles Garrett to incite that kind of um, reaction, which is pure conjecture on her part. But my immediate thought is athletes talk so much smack all right. the time that I don't think that would have elicited that kind of response. I'm, I'm open to hearing your guys' opinion, but I was just like, eh, I just think – I think he blacked out, as, as Shay said, and just the rage of being kicked and, you know, just being pissed off. Yeah, emotional anyway, game as it was anyway. They, you know, the Browns yeah. are back, you know, two, two wins in a row, heading to a 10-game or 10-day break. <laughs> Do you see uh, Baker after the game? He's like, it kind of feels like a loss. Like it kind of it took the umph out of the victory, right? Well, they lost bit. their best player for the rest of the year. That's a loss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, uh, Sunday's games. Uh, let's start with the one at one o'clock that we all had eyes on, but it was over quickly. And that's Baltimore, Houston. Mm. Um, Baltimore looking really good. Uh, they still are. While they have the, the game against the Patriots, they are still one game behind the Patriots. Thanks well, to Lamar's putting up some sick Browns. numbers, isn't he? Lamar's, yeah. Lamar, Lamar has now moved into Damn. the uh, MVP front runner spot. Um, what other games? What other what other games caught your attention, Bill? Once again, the, the interception numbers for Jameis Winston are unbelievable through ten games. I believe eighteen uh, interceptions through ten games. I don't know. I'm getting ready to rip off the uh, <laughs> rip off the Buccaneers <laughs> emblem off the window of my truck. I'm a, Stick with him, man. Stick with no, him. I can't, dude. Oh my god, <laughs> so he's so bad. But he also at times, like I, there was a great someone said it today. It was it's like he's throwing a soggy balloon, like his, the way he throws the ball. It's, it, it, like, it's like, like, a, like a water balloon that's too bread. full of water. It's too full of water, and it just tumbles and it drops real quick. There's no zip. I mean, oh, it's not God. even – I mean, what is going on with Jameis? I mean, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. He's eating they, the Ws. There was talk – yeah, there was talk <laughs> – oh, shit. There was talk about, um, you know, Tua is going to – could possibly be in a different place in the draft this year, right? All of a sudden, maybe. And I heard someone say today, oh, it's all part of the Patriots' master plan to replace Brady. Tua will drop to the of Patriots, course. you know, yeah. in the first round. But I'm thinking maybe uh, Arians gets his way and we get another quarterback. That'd be awesome, but it's tough. It's tough to watch him play. You know, um, he'll have a, you know, he'll have moments. He has moments of greatness, but so do a lot of quarterbacks. But overall, I think the there's enough. Um, we have a big enough sample size now to know what Jameis Winston is, and it's not, yeah, not a franchise quarterback. So, yep. and that that NFC South. I mean, we had two matchups on NFC South this week, and boy, the the Panthers just laid an egg against Atlanta, didn't they? Yeah, Allen Allen had. Well, here's no, the deal. Atlanta Allen, played very well. <laughs> Allen has one bad game. That's just one, right? He's still a quarterback to watch, Kyle. Right, but not Jameis. I'm just going to hey, bring it back a, to a, a brilliant guy in our podcast said that the Falcons were zero and zero in conference games two weeks ago, and now and now they're two. Now they're two and zero. So. Mm-hmm. Shay, what say you about the Falcons? I, I'm just saying, we, we want to say Drew Brees had a bad day last week. We want to say Kyle Allen had a bad day this week. But all of a sudden, the Falcons with four interceptions and five sacks in, in one game. I'm just saying, we're undefeated in the division. With so, the Buccaneers up next. So <laughs> oh, shit. It, it, I, think, I think it's a huge testament to how much the players love Dan Quinn. I mean, three, four weeks ago, you heard the, the, the stars, Jones and Matt Ryan, saying, it's not him, he's coaching well, we're just not playing. 
And I think the last two weeks are kind of maybe proven that in that, hey, their back was against the wall, their HBC was about to be fired, and maybe they're digging deeper. And um, Sanu being traded a couple weeks ago, uh, I don't think it's an addition by subtraction scenario, but they're playing better, um, and it frees up so much salary cap space for them in the future. So if they can somehow salvage a respectable year and, and have some more money to spend in the offseason, I mean, Jake Fromm? Who knows? It's weird how things happen, right? What's that? Jake, Jake, Fromm, Jake Fromm coming up across the street? I don't know. I think Jake Fromm's going to be a good, good backup quarterback for about five, six years in NFL. I don't, I don't see him starting, but maybe I'm wrong. You guys, you guys tell me, but is he a prototype pro quarterback or I just see him holding a clipboard, but Hey, we'll see. He's no Jameis Winston. He's no James. He's no, he's no, uh, I mean, like look at Stafford. He's no Jeff Driscoll. <laughs> but you know driscoll has the body and the arm strength and i mean feet. jake from's jake from six one which isn't terribly short but he's not the six five prototype sure you know sure he's more of a danny werfel type where you know can he throw the deep out pattern but anyway that's for a different for a different day shay talk to us about another game what other games caught your attention how about denver giving up a 20 to nothing road lead to minnesota or maybe uh, the back door pushed by the 49ers <laughs> on that last play of the game, which cost oh Vegas God. a ton of money. Because um, all part of your nickname, Vegas. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> um, we we can we can talk on either one of those games. I got another game though that kind of came to my uh, came to my eye. You talk about Jeff Driscoll though. The Bengals gave the Raiders all they could handle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In the black even, hole. Right? By the way, the Raiders are, I think are seven and four, right? No, uh, Razor won six. They they I got six yeah. wins right now. They'll six actually, and four. Six wins. Yep. Six and four. The, the Raiders will actually be in first place if the Chiefs lose tonight to the Chargers. And it's ten nine at the half. Yeah. 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 Wow. Um, but the Raiders are playing well and they're kinda under the radar, but the Bengals with essentially no one, no AJ Green, no big names, and they come in and they give them all they can handle for four quarters. Um <clears throat> the other two games you mentioned. Minnesota's right where they want to be, right? Mm-hmm. Isn't Minnesota like, don't they love kind of flying under the radar yes. and barely winning games? With Kirk Cousins at QB. And their coach, Zimmer's the same way, right? Just kind of flying to the radar. Yeah. How about Patriots Eagles? I mean, that was a good game. And uh, hey, the Bills are, are seven and three, right? So, yeah, the Bills, well- by, the, by the way, Bill, my, uh, did you see my, my uh, points I put up in fantasy because of, Josh Allen and uh, and who's their uh, Josh Brown? Yeah, uh, unbelievable yeah. Uh, number of, of points. I beat Chris Beadling, uh, and he had. And he's a good team. He's he like, had Lamar Jackson. He had Josh Allen had more fantasy points than 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 Lamar, uh, Lamar Jackson. Jackson. Yeah, that's wow. fantasy football any given week. You never know. Yeah. Allen was twenty-one for thirty-three, two hundred fifty-six yards, three touchdowns, no picks. Right? They're seven and three, right, Todd? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So um, Bengals and the, the the Redskins are horrible too. They're a dreadful yeah. team. Jets pounded the Redskins. That's how bad the Redskins are, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> and uh, trying to think of what there was one other game. Uh, you said the, the Cowboys uh, obviously scored lots of points, but um, uh, well, just the the fact that the the, the uh, Arizona was jumped out to a sixteen nothing lead, and then kind of squandered away, then came back. And then lost in the back at the back and, end. And Kyler Murray quietly having a great season, right? 
Yeah, he's, he is. He's got a shot at beating Baker Statistically, Mayfield's. right? Yeah. yeah, he's got a shot at beating Baker Mayfield's touchdown, um, rookie touchdown record this year. Yeah. That Baker set last year. So, but I think that the, the for tailback Kyle. for the Raiders is John Joseph came out of Josh Alabama. Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs. Yeah. Uh, having a having a heck of a year. Yeah, he is. And they, they, they go to Vegas next year, correct? Yep. Yes. 2020. Shay will be there for opening day, right, Shay? Actually, I will. Actually. I knew it. Beautiful. I will. will you be at the game or will you be in a casino enjoying the game? Which one? Hopefully, it depends on how much game it time how much I get tickets for and how much I can get for my tickets. <laughs> well, if played. you get them in face, you ain't going to be at the game. <laughs> it's kind of a ticket pyramid scheme, right? You got to sell yours to get more, to, to sell more, to get more. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Any other NFL action you want to talk about, boys? Let's let's go hoops. Get, getting down to the wire, isn't it? Yep. So. Let's go hoops. Shay, Shay, dealer's choice, bud. You want to talk NBA first? You want to talk college? I want to talk college. I just watched some college basketball before we got on the podcast. I want to talk college for a little bit. All right. Um, you, drive, you drive it, man. I watched a really good uh, Evansville versus SMU game. I know that means nothing to most of our listeners I hear, and probably nothing to you guys either. Well, now, um, Evansville, <laughs> Evansville does now. <laughs> but the reason I wanted to watch is, is that, Bill. Yeah. Uh, Evansville goes into Rupp Arena and beats Kentucky. Last Coached week. by Walter McCarty. Yeah. Which is is a, that the old Kentucky forward? Yes. Right? Yeah, yeah, it well. is. It well. is. Um, so SMU edges out Evansville by three uh, at the end of that game. But I, I turn that game off and I roll over to ESPN and I see Kentucky in struggling again at Rupp Arena right. to a Utah Valley team. You know who coaches Utah Valley? You guys, mm-hmm. are, you guys are getting a kick out of something. Mark Madsen. Oh, no way. Mark really? Mark old Stanford Mark player. Wow. wow. <laughs> Guy that danced at the Lakers, uh, at the Lakers. At the parade. Um, right. Parade. He had the, was he doing the cabbage patch? I think. Maybe? That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So they, uh, they gave Kentucky every, at Utah Valley at all schools, gave Kentucky everything they could handle. Uh, they ended up going down by like four or four or five at a rough arena, but um, Kentucky, the big, bad, uh, big, bad blue, mighty blue is uh, a little vulnerable, yeah. a little vulnerable this year. Mm-hmm. But um, college basketball is going to be interesting. Shana, your Gators went down this week. They Shoot. did twice, right? No, well, they, yeah, they went down to Florida State last week, and then they lost at at UConn. Uh, pretty a pretty boisterous gamble pavilion. It just the thing that bothered me, Shay, was at the end of the game uh, they whittle back a eight point deficit. They come back, Nembard uh, drops a three. They go down, they foul, they, they, they give up, they're down by three. They come down, Nembard, there was still, what, 12 seconds to go. So Nembard does the drive, trying to get the quick two, uh, misses, but they kick out the rebound to a guy at the top of the key, absolutely wide open, and he kind of hesitates, and then he passes the ball, and he threw it away. Um, that just You, you got to you take know, your shots. Right? Even early in the season, we just, you know, I want to see someone step up and say they want the ball. You know, that's one thing I liked about the – the O fours, you know, I mean, is, is any of those guys, Humphrey, Torian Green, Corey Brewer, they love to take. To We're take going way back, aren't we? We're going <laughs> back to the championship. Yeah, you said the O fours. I, mean, I love going it. Back to a championship to a championship team that you know the last team to win back to back, and you know, but but every one of those guys didn't mind the ball in their hands. Al Horford, I mean, it didn't matter. They they all wanted the ball, and I just it's been a while since we've had a a, a team where, you know. You know, like like look at Winston with uh, Michigan State, Shay. I mean, you know, they're going to be in the top five all season. You know, or... well, and and we talked a little on text, and Shay, I'll let you speak to this. But November basketball is different than March basketball, right? Oh, sure, sure. Um, I mean, 
So the thing for Florida and Sean, you can attest to, we've been crying for a big man and we finally have that inside presence. And now, and now, as you say, we're getting guys passing up wide open jump shots to at the end of the game, you're like, <laughs> you, be careful what you ask for. You got a big man. You, now you need the guards to step up and, and yeah. bury, bury the shots. Right? Uh, you know, he, so. he fouled out without four minutes to go. Um, yeah. So that, was, that was tough. You don't, you never want to lose, but again, don't, Pump the brakes on the Long panic, season. but yeah, yep. it's Long t- season. they're two and two. We'll see what happens. And they're out of the top twenty-five, but that's all right. Maybe which is fine. Maybe, maybe yeah. some anonymity. They were not a six-ranked team right now, anyway, right? And maybe so. as we're seeing Shea, it's not like Big Blue Nation is uh, going to roll through undefeated um, with what they have. They already with have the, a loss. So <laughs> with the way the game is being played nowadays in college basketball, anyone can win any given night. And I know that's so cliche, but. You, we talk about some even, of, right? yeah. the talent level is a little even, but it's some small nuances. Like this year, there was a rule change. There were two rule changes that are going to be huge for the NCAA tournament. Uh, the three-point line was extended further hmm. back this year. Um, and you, you, on surface, you think, okay, well, it makes it a little bit more difficult to shoot a three-point shot. But what it actually does, it opens up more space in the lane for spacing hmm. for your cutters and things of that nature and driving lanes. So we, we think traditional basketball, you think a traditional big man. Well, now that the floor is a little more spread out, is a traditional big man really worth that much? Mm-hmm. Because you, can, you got cutting lanes, you can move around them now. Is um, it because uh, the guards have to play out more to guard the, the three-point opens up lanes, right? Is that what you're saying? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. wow. Um, college basketball yeah. this year, uh, on an offensive rebound, the shot clock isn't reset back to 35 seconds. It goes back to 14 or the 16 seconds uh, no, on the shot clock. So it shortens, uh, it shortens your possessions there as well. Um, defense means a little bit more now. And the three-point shot means a lot more now. Uh, just the way basketball is being played in general, guard play means a lot more. And it's easier for smaller schools or mid-major schools to go out and get a mediocre guard than it is for them to go out and get a big man. Yeah, actually, I noticed that, you know, you probably saw the score of the Florida-Kentucky game or the Florida-UConn game was a low, you know, I think it was in the low 60s, I think. I'm not. Not sure, but um, what you're seeing, a lot of games, there was, I think, four shot clock violations in that game. And I've seen a few others as I've just been flipping through the channels because that, that three-point line's a couple feet, you know, a couple inches further back. And the teams kind of work the perimeter. They, they almost get stuck out there in no man's land, and it's four seconds left on the clock, and they kind of just heave up a, a bad shot, or they just try and get one extra pass, and there's really no uh, penetration. Um, you know, and, and I think if you get that – Harden, Russell Westbrook, penetrate to the key, and then you're going to have either two guys underneath or two guys out on the wing. You know, that's as much as it drives you crazy watching LeBron do it over and over and over again. He just drives and then kicks out all the time. Yeah, it's, it's, going, to be a, it's going to be a good year. Um, with that being said, though, the Blue Bloods are still at the top. I mean, you look at one through ten, they're all Blue Bloods. Duke, Duke Carolina, Duke, Kansas. Louisville, Carolina, Michigan State, uh, Virginia, Kentucky, Ohio State. They're all – all the big boys are going to be at the top, but it's going to be make for an interesting March and April this year. Yeah, and, and Shay, can I just tell you, I uh, the host that I stayed with in, in um, Chapel Hill or in uh, in Starkville, uh, he's a Chapel Hill grad, and so he not only watched the Carolina game, he DVR'd it because he wanted to watch the Duke game that he DVR'd early in the night because he wanted to watch <laughs> them. Um, but this Anthony kid is special. He had a quiet twenty-eight in the second game. Uh, he's he can go inside and go outside. He's a great, he sees the court. I mean, he is Bill and Todd. Just get him on your radar. Um, what's his first name? Cole. Cole Anthony. 
Unbelievable. Um, and, you know, at the end of the game, Jim, the, the guy I was with, he's like, you know, he had 28 points last night. And I said, no, he didn't. He had about 16. He said, no, he had 28. It's just that quiet. It's quiet. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. It was 28-9. He still had nine assists. He still had nine assists. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll tell you a little, a little known fact about Cole. Cole came from Oak Hill Academy. Uh, Virginia. Up, in, up yeah. in Virginia, which is a basketball powerhouse. Cole Anthony is one of the only kids at Oak Hill who averaged a triple-double every game his senior year at Oak Hill. Jeez. Averaged a triple-double. Mm. Playing high school basketball at the highest yeah. level. Yeah. Wow. So keep around that. Crazy. Let's go to the boys who get paid, Shay. Um, Lakers and Boston still leading their respective conferences. Well, before we go there, Sean, I want to talk about Oak Hill, right? We talk about Cole Anthony coming from Oak Hill. Uh, one of the most famous Oak Hill grads is actually uh, Carmelo Anthony. Mm. Came from Oak Hill. And the Carmelo now. Anthony that just signed with the Portland Trailblazers. This <laughs> nice. <laughs> How do you feel about that, Shay? Um, <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm happy Carmelo got another, got, got another opportunity in the league. I don't think it's going to be a farewell tour like most people are saying that it's going to be for Carmelo. The Blazers actually really need offense. But more importantly than that, the Blazers need a four-man. Uh, Zach Collins going down to injury. Nurkic not coming back. The Blazers were actually relying on a on a ex Carolina player, Nazir Little, uh, a rookie, to start at the four position, where he's an undersized four in college. So you imagine what he's like in the NBA. Um, so Carmelo, they're looking for Carmelo to come right in and start at that four position and give them some much needed buckets. And Carmelo's always been able to score. He can't yeah. do much else, but he's always been able to shoot. score. Loves to shoot. <laughs> <laughs> so what other what other teams have your attention, Shay? Can I can I ask? Does anyone yeah, no. know the record of the Golden State Warriors? Yes, Not Shay. The worst the worst team in the NBA. Two and eleven is the last. Wow. <laughs> Think about that. Didn't they play in the finals last year? It's two true. and eleven. They're missing some pieces, though, right? I know they are, but two and eleven. That's all I want to say. That's my that's my NBA analysis for the week. Go ahead, Shay. But help may be coming. We talked about this before. They got a lot of injuries, right? Yeah. And because they're hard capped, they're not able to bring anybody else in unless you drop below eight active players, eight healthy and active players. And the, play, uh, the Warriors played a game the other night with nine. So they're getting close to that eight number where they can uh, wow. get, get an appeal from the league to bring some more help in. Um, D'Angelo oh, Russell oh, goes Georgia. down with a sprained thumb. It's <laughs> just they're dropping like flies out there. Oh man! Paul George had a big uh, welcome back, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Paul George uh, made an appearance out in, uh, when the Clippers played New Orleans this week, and Paul George came out with 30, 32, 34 points mm-hmm. in his first game of the season. I think didn't they lose that game though? I think they did. Like he he claimed like his defense was horrible. Right? I saw some clips and things they were talking about that, and he even admitted afterwards. He said, "I was horrible. He scored thirty two, but I was horrible." Yeah. It'll take some time. It'll take some time for him. Um, the Phoenix Suns, man. The Phoenix Suns just keep chucking along. Just chucking along, Bill. Bill's chance for a team. Yes, thank God. Don't <laughs> tease him. Because I'm not following the Magic. They're the closest team right now. <laughs> I'll stick with the Suns. Is, uh, who's, the their, Suns uh, who's their score? Is that De'Aaron Fox? Or, no, uh, the Phoenix Suns have uh, Booker. Devin Booker. Booker. Devin Booker. From Kentucky. And they've got a little help coming soon, too. Uh I guess it's been uh, three weeks now. Uh, DeAndre Aiden, the former number one pick in the oh, draft, yeah, was suspended Arizona. for some for uh, for PEDs. He had a twenty-five game suspension, so he should be coming back in the next week and a half too. Nice. So that'll be exciting for them. Good. And John Morant, I saw John Morant is uh, continuing to 
I think it's his, becoming a signature move. Did you see he cleared out on the <laughs> – he cleared out and he dunked over the guy. He, he took a bigger guy to the hole. And then afterwards, he kind of – he puts down a little, like, you're too short. Or, like, <laughs> yeah. Do you see that, Shay? Like, I don't know if that's his new move, but he seems to do that a lot now when he, he isolates, takes the guy off the dribble, and then and then does the, you know, you're, you're too little. Or I'm not sure if that's a disrespect thing or what, but kind of funny. It's, it's um, like, remember, remember Dikembe did the, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, Dikembe had the finger and Russ had the, uh, the rocking a baby to sleep. And now Ja has the, <laughs> you're, not, you're not big enough yet. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, one more team to, to kind of call out to your attention. is a team I think we're all kind of sleeping on. And, and don't get me wrong, they only have four wins this season. But they had a really good week as the Cleveland Cavaliers. Mm. Um, a team kind of full of nobodies with a college head coach, but one of the, uh, one of the, Good college head coaches in, um, geez, pardon me, coming from Michigan. John Beeline, uh, coming oh, wow. from Michigan, yeah. actually coaching the 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 Cleveland Cavaliers right now. But they've got a they got a they've got some pieces, man. From Tristan Thompson that with that Laker trade, uh, Tristan Thompson and Jordan Clarkson and the two guards that they've drafted in the last two years. Kevin Love's still there. The uh, the Clippers are, or excuse me, the Cavaliers are kind of making a little bit of noise this week in the East. Do our Hawks have a chance, Shay, or is it going to be a, a tough one? Once John Collins comes back, watch out for the Hawks. John yeah. Collins was also suspended for PEDs, but once John, John Collins comes back, that's a great duo, and it's not mentioned enough uh, when you talk about duos throughout the league, but they can Trey both and, be all-stars. Trey Young yeah. and John Collins can both be all-stars in the East. It seems like Trey's doing great, but it's just not enough. He needs, he needs someone else, right? He's a one-man show for now, but it'll happen. You got a Do great you think they have a playoff right chance, or it'll be too late once the Collins comes back? I think anything's possible in the East right now. If you look at the standings right now, Charlotte's the number eight seed in the East, and Orlando's the seven seed. So anything's possible. <laughs> <laughs> Spitting mad knowledge. Look at this guy. You got it. Uh, Bill, anything in hockey? No. I've, I've seen nothing. Yep. Todd, anything in soccer? Uh, international break, um, USA beat Canada, a little revenge. They lost to them a month ago and, and came back and won, I think, 3 nothing. Um, this is a team in flux. I mean, they, they missed the World Cup a couple years ago, and they've been struggling. So um, just, just keep an eye on this team and see where they're, where they're going to go. So um, I, I also got to ask Bill um, if we want to shift gears if we're done with soccer. But what about uh, – baseball and the scandal that's going on what, what are your thoughts on the on the astros and i have, I have some and... yeah i have some thoughts but well, i just so, want to throw it to you yeah, first i'll start right so it's fun to watch the houston fans <laughs> ryan <laughs> bocross <laughs> ryan bocross party of bitter um bitter party of one bitter that's it, party that's of it. One. yeah sorry but ryan um yeah, trying to dissect the tape like it's a Zabruder film. Like, is it possible right. that uh, you know the bullet made all these moves and changes? Is it possible that a a batter could react that quickly? And and I'll say this for a fact that if, even if the pitcher's in mid delivery, mid delivery, mm -hmm. if you yelled out to the batter, just yelled it out and said off speed, and that's all he knows, massive advantage to the yeah, hitter. He's just all it's bad differently, right? Yeah, he, just, he just anticipates a different pitch. And as long as he's got speed, a, different trajectory, a, yeah. a little bit of a warning, it's, it's enough. And, and I think, to be honest, it was Ryan who was trying to shoot that down. How could they react that quickly? It wasn't he like played they baseball. Were, he should know. Yeah. Well, yeah, and it wasn't like they were trying to say, hey, it's going to be a curveball or it's going to be a changeup. It's just off speed as opposed to fastball. And if yeah. you can sit dead red as a professional hitter, you're going to hit 450. 
because it's mm-hmm. the change of speeds that 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 really upsets the apple cart when it comes to the professionals the ability to have a 82 mile an hour change up and then a 97 mile an hour fastball that yeah. is insane. and they were talking about like they were banging like a trash can lid all they had to do is or... make a really loud noise if you heard the loud noise it was off bang speed. bang yeah that's it loud noise off speed that's all it was and if that's it if that's really the case and they really did it that's bullshit they got to be I don't, I'm not going to make them take away the title, but there's got to be some pretty severe punishment for the ownership. That's what will happen. They'll get fined heavily. It'll move on. No big deal. So, so here's my take quick. And, and again, I, I, are the Patriots at fault in any way? <laughs> of course they are. They're, 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 they're responsible for everything. So my, my take is this and Bill and, and, and Sean and Shay, correct me if you disagree, but um, a take and an observation so baseball, you're constantly trying to cheat, right? You're trying to steal signs. You're yeah. trying to tip pitches. Yep. So part of me is saying the Astros just found a, a well, newer, can, better you way. Anything you want without the use of electronics or without a camera. And that's where you draw the line. And do, I think they fully took advantage slash if you want to call it cheated, whatever. I don't think you take the the, the World Series away. No, I think no. I think that's a weird precedent. But here's if I was the prosecution, I would rest in that Joey Cora was the bench coach for the Astros in 2017. He was the <laughs> head ball coach, skipper of the Red Sox in 2018. And I talked to a buddy of mine who's way into baseball, like ridiculously into baseball, and he said. In retrospect, if you look at the Red Sox, every time they had a conversation, it wasn't just the glove over the mouth. It was like they were wearing, you know, uh, <laughs> desert gear so they wouldn't have sand. Like, they were so protective. And it's because Joey Cora knew how to cheat and uh, didn't want to tip – knew how to steal signs and, and tip off. So, yeah. I think that's the exhibit that, that'll get the Astros. It's like your bench coast last year – knew how to hide it the year that the Red Sox won the World Series in 18. It, it's funny. They joke about that in Cleveland saying, you know, all the, all the NFL coaches, you know, they stand on the sidelines with their, yeah. with their Waffle House menus, you know, in front yeah. of their faces. And Freddie Kitchens literally has a Waffle House menu, and he just talks openly to the, to the players. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> right, right? Yeah. yeah. Does funny. Kitchens make it? Well, he has to. They can't fire two coaches midseason back-to-back. He's, he'll make it at the end of the year. I don't know how much longer. Yeah, he'll make the end of the year. We'll see. You yeah. know, they got a, they got. A, hey, they're on a one-game winning streak, so we'll two games. Out. Two games. Is it two? Oh, Is it two? Yes. All right, my bad. Yep. And they, right. they go to Miami this next Sunday. So all right, all right. Yeah, so we'll see. And they still got two of the Bengals, one with the Steelers, one with the Ravens. Break up the Browns. Yeah. Shoot. Hey, by the way, it looks yeah. like the Chargers have a home game. Like it really do. I think they have the crowd in Mexico City. So now we know what they got to <laughs> do for a home game. You got to go south. <laughs> Well, guys, we're right in an hour. Let's uh, go around the horn, see what we got coming up this week, unless there's anything that I am forgetting. If not, let's start with Shay. Shay, what do you got coming up this week, buddy? Um, By the way, you're, much- you're, the Oregon women ranked number one in the country right now. Oh, man. You know what? Shout out to the Oregon women, man. And I, I didn't give this enough credit. I should have talked about this on the show. And the men Oregon- are, I think, in top ten, right? They are. And they had a big win over Memphis earlier this week. But the Oregon women actually uh, – I guess played a friendly against the U.S. national team this week, and they beat them. What? They beat them <laughs> with the wow. stars and everything. Oh, man. The Oregon women, who ranked number one in the country, beat the national team, the U.S. national team. So shout out to the Oregon women. Yeah, right. That's man. pretty cool. Yeah, that's a big deal. That's a big deal. Um, also, one more thing we didn't mention here, and I'm really excited about it. Saturday night, uh, 
got heavyweight boxing back. Deontay Wilder is uh, having a rematch against Ortiz, which may not seem like that big of a deal, but it's a big deal because Deontay Wilder, if you haven't watched the fight yet, amazing, amazing fighter. Not necessarily a boxer, but he's a knockout artist. Um, he's There's a chance one... I might see a Vietnamese movie with subtitles before I watch a f- boxing match. Korean. <laughs> Korean. Korean, sir. Jesus. But There's it's set up for rematch. There's a difference. Deontay Wilder only has one blemish on his record, and it's not a loss. It's a draw to, uh, to Tyson Fury. And they have a rematch scheduled for February 22nd. But uh, you got to kind of get through this one first before you look for a rematch. So that should be fun to watch Saturday night. Dude, what a great name for a boxer, Tyson Fury. Oh, yeah, <laughs> right? Even better like, story. The kid's probably like 17 or Mike 18. Mike Tyson and Fury, right? Wasn't yeah. even born when Tyson was around in, in the ring. Oh, no, you got to no. – if you get some time, Sean, look at Tyson Fury's story. Very okay. interesting story. Yeah. F-U-R-Y. His father, very interesting, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Awesome. Top D, what's going on this week, bud? Uh, real quick, Shay, you were born in 91, weren't you? You were alive? Yeah, yeah. I was born in 84. Okay, good. Because that's when you said Tyson. That's when uh, Buster Douglas beat Tyson, right, Sean? That was yeah. 91, I think. So, um, so uh, work-wise, um, I'm – we're getting towards Thanksgiving, so we, we've had this conversation in, in years past. So we're we're kind of finishing finishing up the year. Um, ha, was on a call today and basically was told if the order doesn't come in by December second, it's not going to ship this year. Hmm. So full court press, um, trying to finish year strong. Um, thank goodness it's it's been a good year so far. Knock on wood. Uh, but. Work-wise, I'm, I'm really trying to focus on the execution and not the results. I think, um, Sean, especially you as a realtor, um, <laughs> if, if you just focus on doing the right things, it can, it can bear fruit, right? Activity, I mean, not results, yep. Right. And, you know, if you have some uh, closings fall in your lap, you know, that's great. But if you're consistently working hard, the, the results will show up. So that's what I'm focusing on. Um, tomorrow, boys... What is, uh, does Vidalia, Georgia mean anything? Shay, I know it means something to you, but does it mean something to you boys, Bill and, and Sean? Um, onions. Yeah. Onions. Yeah. So I'm calling on a customer tomorrow in Vidalia. And uh, hmm. it's, every time I go there, it's, it's, it's pretty funny, I think. That's but, not where uh, the Allen Brothers are from, is it? They're from Statesboro. Statesboro. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Which is the home of Georgia Southern. Um, so next time you're watching App State, Georgia Southern, you can, put on some Allman Brothers. So anyway, uh, going to be in middle Georgia. It's, it's in between Macon and Savannah. Really, um, there's a lot of, of trees and roads and, and not a lot of buildings. Um, but uh, going to be down in middle Georgia tomorrow and the rest of the week. So looking forward to that um, for sure. So Bill, what you got going on? I have, uh, I'm on the road. So I leave in the morning early for Bonita Springs, followed by Cape Coral and Fort Myers. So southwest Georgia, right? Southwest Florida, close enough. Of course, and then then Thursday and Friday. Thursday I'm in Orlando, and Friday I'm in New Smyrna Beach. So it's a long long week of travel across the miles. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're doing a loop, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So in fact, the way it works, I'll actually come home Wednesday night. Does that make sense? Okay. And then head to Orlando the next morning. Yeah, it just feels better just to come home for at least tonight because it's kind of on the way. and then uh, tomorrow on the podcast, Sean, Kayla Priest, I think I told you about her. Kayla Priest taught a class at the Sync Summit uh, on improv for real estate. Hmm. And it was fantastic. 
And so I just, she's a, she's a community engagement and trainer for Commissions Inc., one of the largest, best Mm -hmm. CRMs in the real estate world. And I just was really enamored by her presentation. And I said, you have such great energy. I want to put you on the podcast. And she was blown away. She's like 31 or 32. I don't think she's ever been asked to be on a podcast before. And I going way outside the box. We'll see how it goes. So I know you'll be honest with me, Sean. You'll tell me. Yeah, of course. Well, I, I, I thought, you know, I know Eric's a good buddy of mine and, and, uh, but I, I was, I was empowered to pull over to the side of the road and send you guys a video text message. Uh, how good of a conversation I thought, thought that was last week. That's cool. You, you've been on a roll with, uh, with, um, uh, Whitney good, and then yeah. Jenny and Eric. Yeah. And then uh, hey, like next week, Dan Stewart, you, you might get a little love in that show. I think you do. Okay. Right. You do. Unless I cut it out. I haven't edited <laughs> it yet. So don't make me delete, put your ass delete, on delete. the cutting room yeah. floor. Cause I can do it. Don't cut. <laughs> That's it for me. How about you? Awesome. Well, I head to uh, my third to last uh, travel event of the year. I got four or five more uh, events, but uh, heading to Northwest Arkansas via Tulsa on Wednesday. Flying into Tulsa two hours across to the Bentonville Rogers Fayetteville Marketplace, doing a presentation wow. for wow. my Remax friends down there, Linda Hopkirk, Bill. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Her her company. Um, Bring up Walmart, Sean. Read yeah, it. they're they're big there. Yes. <laughs> Make sure uh, they listen to the Adam Contos episode of the real estate sessions. I, I will drop that. But a good presentation. It's all brand new. Been working hard on it. Uh, it's coming to fruition, and I'm very excited. Bill, I sent you a text. Yeah. Probably my it. most visually appealing uh, presentation I've ever done. Uh, just the time and effort. And how many hours? How many man hours in that? All uh, research creation. Pretty close thing. to probably fifty to sixty right now. 50 to 60 Ooh. hours. On hours? Yeah. Hours. Oof. Just just building it. Research, Dude, awesome. building it. I mean, you know, like, you know, finding the right picture for the slides, Jeez. moving the... How, 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 long, how many times will you run through it, you know, rehearsing what you want to say in each slide? Do you script out the slide? No, I, I really, I, I've done most of that in my, in my building of it. I don't okay. really... I'll never really stand up in... I, I'll, the, the hotel the night before, I'll flip through just to make sure I kind of know what slide's coming. I'll look at it on the plane. I'll take some notes. Like I want to make sure I say this on this slide. Um, but you, you kind of have um, a rhythm going with like the slide that might pop up in this episode could correlate to another slide in another episode where you have, where you share a thought or, Correct. or, or a moment or, or some sort of a emphasis point of emphasis. Yeah. Yeah. yeah in fact, you know, when, when I originally built it, you know, the, there's 250 slides now, but let's just say there was at one point 210. And as I started moving around, I ended up putting slide number 137 up to 34 because it fit better with that section of the, you know, of the presentation. And it's six hours. It's yeah. Well, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a full day kickoff event, but it's, it's interactive. There's activities, there's breaks built in, there's lunch break built in. Shoot some dove or something. If (laughs) you said it's interactive, there's activities. No, not now at their table. They'll, you know, we'll do some scripts and dialogues. We'll do some business planning. We'll do some uh, activities. No hunting though. Yeah. No, no, no physical hunting. This is the hunting one, right? It is. All right. Hey, Sean, how much, what's the uh, percentage of preparation <clears throat> slash practice versus just spontaneous feel of the group, you know, kind of uh, uh, going yeah. towards what your audience kind of. Yeah. You know, I think that's you probably, you know, if, if you watch, you know, one, once again, the name, the name I'm going to drop here is not, I'm not a name. If you watch a Dave Chappelle comedy show, He's going to say the same jokes in Columbus as he's going to say in Dallas. But if the Dallas crowd is a better crowd, he's going to, he's going to the energy, embellish right? the stories a little bit more. He's going to go an extra three minutes on this story. 
He's going to build in time for laughs here. So obviously that's a big piece of it, Todd. Um, yeah. So you know, this same presentation to a, another audience, um, you know, when it's all said and done, Bill, you know, this is a presentation I'll have in the rotation for the next four or five years. It just might be a two yeah. hour keynote instead yeah. of a six hour. So I'm going to go back. Um, so I, I did my 65th presentation remind? on Remind tool Jeez. today, 65. And I feel very Sean Carpenter-ish at points because <laughs> I have like three or four places where I'm going to make them laugh. I right, know you know the punchline. Yep. I absolutely know it's going to happen. It never fails. Pause two, three, it, it four. It works every single time. <laughs> I thought, this is what Sean does. You feel it. Yeah. Like when you tell the story about Steve the, or Fred the driver. Yes. Oh, fuck, it's Steve. You say shit. But you know, <laughs> right. it's, just, it's just great, right? And uh, yeah. you know they're going to laugh their ass off. And I've got, yep. I've got my Sean moments built into my Remind presentation. So thank you very much for your No moment. problem, man. I'm proud of you. Well, the, the, the biggest risk on this one, Bill, and, and you've seen me do it, is, you know, I've got seven <clears throat> hours worth of material that i got to squeeze into six. There you and go. So, Jeez. you know. Well, I usually have three hours after stretched to six. So. <laughs> it's, it's like when you're, it's like when, when you got to write an essay and you're like, it was very, 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 very cold. Here's <laughs> <laughs> the deal. You get paid, I don't. So when I finish 40 minutes early, they're all happy. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, happy at the well end, so. and I guess the reason I asked is I, I remember my dad as a young kid prepping for stuff. And I have a mentor, um, in my industry and he said something and he said, uh, and it reminded me of my dad, but if you're prepared and you plan, that kills a lot of your, your anxiety. Oh, You're nervous to go in front of someone or to present something if you're not prepared, but if you prepare and plan and have a good, a good uh, a game plan, then you just go. So, and again, I remember my dad as a young kid, he, he you know, I walked in and he's presenting to my mom, God bless her, you know, and, uh, he basically said, Hey, I got to practice. I got a plan and all that good stuff. So part of the reason why I asked how much is that is planning versus feeding off the audience and all that good stuff. So, well, I think you, that says Bill, 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 do you agree with that? What's it say? It takes one hour of preparation for each minute of presentation time. That ratio may be a little skewed. Yeah. yeah, I I think it's probably, yeah. A little little, little extreme, but I think if you're brand new, maybe, but, um, you yeah, could it's a good uh, good rule of thumb anyway, right? Yeah. So, good job. Yep. We, so I'm excited. So we, had, we talked a lot of real estate. Look at Shay's asleep. Come on, Shay. <laughs> <I've got. laughs> well, hey, listen. On behalf of Shay and Todd and Bill, I'm Sean Carpenter, and as always, guys, we appreciate you listening to the Stare Down.